you know, failure is not a bad thing. I think that's what puts a lot of pressure on, you know, children growing up and in today's society. Um, they have so many other pressures as it is, yeah. and they're so afraid to fail. This is How I Broke This, the show about those turning points, decisions, and sometimes mistakes that felt like they could break us, but they usually make us who we are. I'm Holly Hutchings. On the show today is Reno, Nevada Mayor Hillary Sheevy. She's been on the job for one term and was recently granted a second act with last month's election. When I was in college, I had the pleasure of working in the mayor's office for a semester, writing various documents and crafting the occasional tweet. Mayor Sheevy told me to reach out whenever I needed anything. So I asked her to be my premier guest for the first full season of my show. We caught up in her office as people were coming and going. It was during the campaign, and she was busy both running and mayoring. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. She's so cute. She's all professional. Hi, how are you? Oh, you. Yeah. How are you? Okay, catch you guys later. Good. There were lots of people in her lobby on the 15th floor, so a lot of greeting going on. Please excuse those kind of thumping and humming sounds as we settled into her office to talk. I sat by the AC unit, which was a rookie mistake. Okay, so what we're doing... Do you like doing this? This is you! This is fun. Because you want to be the journalist. I know, and I love the writing, and that's why I love being here, because I can just, like... do all the writing. Mm -hmm. Do that, and then I did a radio story a year ago, and I was like, oh my gosh, this is like, if you write, and then it comes to life. Right? It's really, really fun. So So you like it. How's your mom? Among other things, Mayor Sheevy touts economic growth as a highlight of her term as the leader of the biggest little city, but she acknowledges that things have not always gone perfectly. She's a big believer in improving and told me that we could all learn to be more open about our pitfalls and, as she called it, fail better. Here's the one thing. I think in our culture we have to be very careful because we have taught people that failure is a bad thing instead of saying failure helps us make better decisions. There's a lot in failure that we can learn from, but our society looks at it as a very negative act, yeah. right? Yeah, you're embarrassed to even share. Sure. You're like ashamed of all these things you've done when they're really building blocks to the life you're making. Exactly, and I think it's especially being a mom and teaching your children early, because I think that's what puts a lot of pressure on you know, children growing up, um, they have so many other pressures as it is, yeah. and they're so afraid to fail. Yeah, and, and they have this influence so of like social media where everybody looks great. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I even know just because I'm, you know, obviously in this job, it's interesting. I, I thought as time would go on, I would be more comfortable um, public speaking, you know, and that's like one of the number one fears, public speaking, flying, and the dentist, (laughs) right? But it's funny that I'm in this, you know, this profession, and public speaking for me has been really challenging. And I think it's that fear of failing. (laughs) For sure, because then you fail in front of everyone. Well, that, so that's the thing. I mean, I used to be, you know, I used to, I didn't have any issues with it. And then all of a sudden, it started to kind of catch up with me. And I would start to feel incredibly nervous and not wanting to let people down whenever I would get up there and speak. And I think, too, I put all this pressure on me saying, look, you know, this city means so much to me. 
that I don't want to let it down and I don't want to let the people down and I w really want to be able to articulate that and I think I focused so much on that that it almost psyched me out. So I think that's really interesting because my job is so much a big part of it is to communicate and just you kind of really telling myself that look you're, you're just a person like everyone else you know don't don't overthink it but I think it also in in this position too people are pretty critical that's what I was gonna ask you is that because yeah. either someone gave you feedback or you do stumble on a word or on a wrong stat yeah. or something yeah. and you yeah. get blowback I think that's a great question because think about this I think in in some ways you know being on social media um, I, I did get off Facebook about a year ago. I'm, I'm on it very, very, very little, but I will tell you, um, I think seeing a lot of the feedback on social media can kind of play with your psyche a little bit. And so you have to really stay disciplined to um, seek out things that are healthier. And I think social media can be fantastic, right, if it's used for the right reasons and in the right ways. But I also think it can be very, very damaging. And it's one thing that you know, I'm going to focus on later on is, is social media and the effects. And that now they're doing studies that they're showing that millennials are, are lonely, lonelier than um, they're seeing seniors. And they're thinking that it has a lot to do with social media and technology. And I think that's really telling about our, our society and sort of coming back to communication and dealing with each other one-on-one -on -one is super is super important for, for a healthy society because I think people are growing up very isolated because of technology. Yeah, you can feel like you have a community because you're always talking to people, mm -hmm. but it's not like a living, I think it can be, person. you're right, I think it can be a false sense of, of community for sure. And then the other thing I think that it empowers people to hide behind a, a keyboard and be able to fire off yeah. you know something incredibly oh, hurtful yeah. right when you don't see someone's reaction like right. you say something mean and they have a sad face and you're like oh my gosh maybe that wasn't right <laughs> what right I should say. right exactly but computer, right like, right but I, th I i see it all the time people say horrible things you know on social media to other people and they forget that that person on the other side you know is human does have feelings and so i think it if we can start sending the message of, you know, post with purpose. I mean, that I find it hard to believe that that's how you were raised. And I think that's where, you know, all of us have a responsibility that when we are posting that it matters. And I think people see that and children see it. You know, children are exposed now to social media all the time now. And even if your child comes home and sees your, your laptop open and there's your Facebook page and happens to read something, yeah. um, you just don't know how, how they are getting exposed to social media. But I think, you know, coming back to this job and, and fear of failure, absolutely, it's super real. And I, I think certainly in politics, um, people love to hate politicians, right? So there's that, I think that extra level. Yeah. And uh, so I think I can get very critical of myself. Well, of course, if you're hearing it all the time, it's hard not to. Right. You know, and it's hard to remember, like, usually when people are positive about something, they don't think to make a comment or give a call. Right. It's usually only when mm -hmm. they're PO'd about something. Well, well, and statistics prove, it, I, I read it not too long ago, something about that 230 people are more likely to share a bad experience than a positive experience. And it really kind of shows the, the magnitude of what we focus on. And so... I welcome people whenever they um, communicate 
with me and, and my office, but I also send it back to them and say, what solutions do you have? And I think that's really great for people to also be part of the process, but also in order to fix um, the problems, um, it's always good to find out what solutions do you have yeah. as well. Good observation. Now, right now, <laughs> what do you want to okay, do about so it? well, and because here's the thing: there are a lot of people out there, a lot smarter than I am, that might have an incredible solution to something. Um, government doesn't have all the answers, that's yeah. for sure, right? And the private sector certainly has some fantastic, um, you know, ideas. And the, in in the future, we've got great innovations and things like that. So I think we've got to also all be part of the solution. Yeah, we all think differently. Right. Different right. opinions and ideas. Right. Exactly. So, has there been anything? Because you're running for re-election. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, so. nothing. I've never done anything <laughs> that I regret. <laughs> so, in the three years that you've been here, has there been anything that stands out? That's like, in that moment, you're like, oh crap, maybe I should have done something differently, or. Well, I think. There, there are always times that you say, wow, if, if we would have done this, how would, you know, how would this outcome have been? And I've also learned that not everyone is going to be pleased with the decisions you make, um, but you have to really believe in your heart of hearts that you're making the right decisions. Otherwise, um, you can always second guess yourself. So you really have to stay very focused on why you are making those decisions because people do um, feel very strongly about some of those decisions that you make. And I'm not asking everyone to agree with me for sure, because think about it, I think that's what's so great about the country we live in, is that we all have the opportunity to think differently and look differently and be different, right? So I want to respect that for sure, even though we might disagree um, on, on certain issues. Controversy arose after a city employee replaced the U.S. flag that stands high atop City Hall with an LGBT flag following a gay pride celebration in late July 2015. Mayor Sheeby says she never intended for the U.S. flag to be taken down. Here's the mayor. You know, there were a lot of people saying, you know, how disrespectful for the American flag. And I, I felt so bad about that because, you know, by far... First and foremost, we live in the best country possible. And, you know, the United States of America um, is first and foremost, you know, the, the best country to live in. And we're so fortunate to be Americans and, and for all the veterans that, you know, have sacrificed their lives for us. So, um, when I, you know, when I was hearing people say that, you know, obviously that was crushing. I, I would also say on the other side, to see the other side of the magnitude of hate for the LGBTQ community was also just crushing. And I think the most powerful thing that resonated with me was there was a veteran that contacted me and he said, I have to tell you, this is why we fought for this country, so that LGBTQ could be, you know, recognized in their rights and freedom and all of that. He's like, you know, this is what I fought for, you know, not just for, you know, the LGBT community, but others, so that we could be this, you know, country of freedom. And, and so he was saying, but he couldn't understand what those 
issues were. And it hurt him to see all these posts on social media of people having so much hate towards that community. And I feel, you know, I, I think um, we all have to realize we're all human and we all um, are in this together. And so at the amount of hate, I was just so disappointed. Honestly, that was, it was so hurtful. And I think it's something obviously that I will never forget because there were people that, you know, felt so strongly about it. And then the other thing I would say, you know, in, in which the way that it happened, the way that it happened, I will tell you this, there's flag protocol. And a lot of people don't know this probably about the story, but there's flag protocol and um, you know the the person that had put it up there had followed this flag protocol because he was so worried about disrespecting the flag and the pole could only have one flag and so now um, you know obviously with that pole having one flag it will only fly you know the United <laughs> States flag but I think people that I think if they knew what magnitude he went to yeah. to follow this particular p- protocol to make sure that it was that it wasn't just like right it, tearing down this one and right right because you have to take down any other you know United States flags underneath when something else flies above so there's um so you know I so to see him and how I think he felt so horrible about it and so many people, you know, had such hard feelings. Um, that's something you always look back on, and you never, ever want to hurt anyone's feelings or make them think you're disrespectful in, in any way. And But at the same time, you know, it's hard not to feel compassion for people that were affected by it. I couldn't think of anything else, like, in my short tenure here that I heard about, but then, like, is there... Anything that stands out to you, even personally or politically, that stands out to you that's that's I, like you could have done differently or that you you wish you could have done differently? There are those times, and it can be difficult because, you know, I think the, the mayor is perceived to have um, this executive power that doesn't exist. I mean, anything that happens has to go through the council as an entire body. And I think... To be honest with you, you know, whenever I went to the legislature and it was painted in, in the media that it was more about a power grab and and um, term limits and things like that, it absolutely wasn't that. It was perceived like that. I don't think that it was conveyed the way that, that it needed to be. And so I think that's one way when I look back at that now, I think, okay, I probably would have done it differently. In 2017, Mayor Sheevy sought to amend the city's charter to more distinguish the role of the mayor from the council, a change done in the Nevada legislature, and provide the mayor with veto power. Some were not quite happy with how that whole thing shook out. I went to a legislator, just like everyone has the right as a citizen, and um, and asked him um, to put something in place that mirrors um, an initiative that basically mirrors uh, the city of Sparks since it's the closest sister city. And actually, in some capacity, if you look at it, I would, I would have to argue that the mayor would have less power because the mayor doesn't vote over there. You only do veto. And that's a very rare occurrence. So their council votes on everything? And then the mayor yes, and the mayor, right, and the mayor doesn't vote. 
And in a lot of cities, mayor doesn't even preside over the meeting, like in San Francisco. So it's all the makeup of the charter. But I guess my my concern is that that I feel like it mis is very misleading to the community and to the voters. And not to mention now, now it's changed to ward only voting. So that means every council member is, is um, responsible for a ward, but they haven't defined the role of the mayor. And I think the role of the mayor should be to preside over the entire city. And that's what makes you different from a council member. So that's where I would like to see the clarity. And that's what I really wanted out of it. I believe in term limits. But I also believe in the sense that all these council members should be able to run for mayor because they'll be termed out. And I do believe experience matters. Now, for me, moving forward, this wouldn't make any impact, but I think it's the right thing to do. And for those council members, um, I think that they should be able to to run. And again, I think it misleads the public um, because, you know, when something catastrophic happens, guess what? They want to hear from the mayor. They want to know what is the city figurehead doing about this situation. So you think, because you went to the legislature to ask for more yeah. of that balance, and then... I think what I would have done now in hindsight is put it on the ballot. Let's have, have the people decide, because I do believe that they truly um, think the, the power of the mayor is so different than a council person, but the Supreme Court ruled the mayor and council person are the same, and I think that that's very, very wrong. I'm one of the only people, along with um, Mayor Sferraza and now Judge Sferraza who has ever held an at-large council member seat and the mayor seat. So we've been in both roles and so we know the difference. I think it's misleading and it's the right thing to do and so hopefully um, you know that one day will change but I think to your point in the mistake going back to um, how I would do it differently is I would put it on the ballot for the people to to decide. Okay last, okay, last question. Anything you know I know you are very involved with your mom, mm-hmm. you and your sister Amanda. Yeah. Is there anything in your family or personally that, you know, like I was saying, I've made all the financial mistakes yeah. and, and family mistakes. I'm on the outs with my sister for two years. Oh. I know. I know. Bad. That's always so hard. But it's so hard. But and it so all traces hard. back to things where you're like, well, if I would have just That's... called her when she needed me. Yeah that we wouldn't be here right now, but... It's... I mean, right. I mean, I. that's the hard part, is because family is family, and yet they're complicated, right? Because there's a lot Probably of dynamics, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of dynamics, and that's whenever, you know, the, the most hurt feelings can occur. Um, but I think what, what I've really learned is you don't get a do-over, and there will be those times where you'll like regret that you didn't take that opportunity and you didn't make time um, because we're not here forever. And so if that is something that is truly in your heart of hearts, you you don't ever want to regret because like I said, one day they will be gone and you won't get the opportunity to ever tell them again. Um, Life is short. We just don't know how long we have. And I think you know, we, we, as human beings, I think we live our lives like we're going to live forever, you know, every, yeah, every day. So we too. don't realize them when we walk outside that front door, it might be the last time you walk out, you know. Um, God, like yesterday, I was just driving on Stoker and 7th and there was a horrible fatal crash there. And I just, I couldn't get it off my mind all night just thinking, wow, maybe this person was just running to get some milk 
or maybe this person was going to pick up their child from school. Yeah, just like a regular daily thing right? pop out for a minute. Right, and I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it, and I said, wow, it really puts it into perspective how every day we we get up and we're like robots. We just do it again, we do it again, we do it again, and, and really I think there's such a bigger purpose. Do you think you're good with as busy as you are, especially right now, but always, that <laughs> you can actively live that way where you prioritize your family and, you know, you make that time and treasure those days? I think I'm always feeling guilty about it because I just, for me, it's like never enough. And I'm so busy that, you know, I always, I worry so much that I, I don't get enough of those opportunities to really be with her. So... Um, I, you know, I'm not good at balance. I'm a total failure at balance. <laughs> so club. don't, yeah. So don't ask me about about you know balance and and you know people people are always like, why are you emailing me at three a.m. Well, <laughs> this is the life I live, right? I don't know anything about balance, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, family is so important, and I guess, I I guess you know, I'm always, I will always be regretful because that's just the way I am, not spending enough time with them. You know, you always see room for improvement. Yeah, absolutely. I I do. I'm the worst at that. Right? I mean, I'm never enough of anything. I'm like, oh, I I could be such a better mom. I should be such a better friend. Right? It's everyone. Right? It's this constant guilt that we have. Yeah. I think all of us are we struggling. All are imposing, like, right? 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 We're all imposters. <laughs> no one's good at it. <laughs> We're all failures. Right? Yay, right, right, right. So that's why I'm saying if we if we actually change the culture of failure, we wouldn't yeah. feel like this. Big huge thanks to Mayor Shivi for taking the time to sit down and talk to me about failure and growth and mistakes. And I really appreciate her take on this. If you know anyone that you think would be a good fit for my show, reach out at howibrokethis at gmail.com. You can also find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at howibrokethis, or we're on iTunes and Stitcher at howibrokethis. So go there, rate, review if you feel so inclined. Join me next time when my guest will be a Division I basketball coach known across the country for his long career, including coaching two NBA teams. It's going to be good. See you next time.